family is all that lives in sight and sound, touch and taste. Live, come on, be human and give, give, give. <laughs> the Woodstock Roundtable welcomes you to be a part of being human. Aho! Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Woodstock Roundtable, where we love yin and yang. So therefore, joy to the world and bah humbug. May everybody get exactly what you want in a lump of coal. Actually, if everybody got exactly what we wanted, the earth wouldn't exist for another year. At any rate, we're going to have some fun this morning. Why? Because despite the pandemic... We say holiday spirit, full speed ahead. It's our annual, not your Andy Williams, radio party. Now, this year, instead of a studio filled with people, it's our two illustrious co-hosts and I. But we will be talking to some cool people. And some of the subjects we'll be improvising on will include some of the 20 words chosen by the OED, Oxford English Dictionary, as words of the year. You might think of some of them out loud before we get to them. You'll probably be right on about half of them. And uh, we'll also, I was looking for something written on the web that connects the, the spirit of the Jesus story with the spirit of the Buddha story with the spirit of the Tao and Zen story. And I found it. And we will discuss it. Uh, we will be talking with the Sultan of Sonic Soul Get some jazz spirit, Gus Mancini. We'll check in with our favorite street philosopher, Patrick Carlin. He's always in the holiday spirit. And our special guest, as he is every year, one of our favorite musicians in the world, musicians, I should say, Professor Louis Miss Marie will join us on the phone. They've sent you two cuts of theirs. So we have lots to do right here at the Woodstock Roundtable. Ho, ho, ho. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Yeah. Good morning, Victoria. Good morning, Dad. Good morning, Ron. Hang on. <laughs> what happened? Uh, is Hal up to some, no good? Hal's up to no good. Hang on a second. All right. You Why is there on. smoke coming out of the computer? <laughs> Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Carry on. Uh, I'm just uh, watching you. Fool, you. Is this a practical joke? Ron is rewiring the studio as we speak. At any rate, uh, good morning, Victoria. Good morning, Doug. Ah, that worked. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean I wasn't going to get to talk? I have all kinds of thoughts. Well, you would have gotten to, no, no. You would have gotten to talk. Nobody would have heard you. Oh, better and better. That's like one hand clapping. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like one hand clapping. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you look resplendent in red. Thank you. And tinsel stockings? Uh, no, no tinsel <laughs> under the top. Under the top tinsel. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than that. And Ron, looking resplendent in your in your sweater. Thank you for not being a Christmas sweater with those ugly patterns. I can't stand. Yeah, me too. Make me want to start shooting. No, Ron's is a solstice outfit. He's honoring the darkest day of the year because Ron is totally dressed in black. Yeah, I've I've noticed that. and well, first, let me introduce and you. And you too. Don't know. The yes. both of you are like the Solstice Brothers. I've noticed Johnny that Cash by choice, not black, but I really, I used to love, and I still love purple, but I used to like greens and blues. Now I really wear a lot of grays, mm-hmm. 
and blacks not be and i find it i find i, I like it it suits you thank you yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> by the way this will get to some of our the 20 oed words of the year normally they, they pick one they said we mm. couldn't this year Ah. And I know it's going to come as a shock, but every one of them has to do with the damn pandemic. Yes. But, um, but that's where we live right now. Right. Um, Zoom. That must have been one it, of yes. them. Yes. Ah. Zoom is yes. one of them. You want to keep guessing. <laughs> okay. Pandemic is not. They didn't do Well, that pandemic. was an old word around, so right. it true. only has not become a, more a, used. Although <laughs> the new ones aren't necessarily. Some, usually, if they choose one, it's a word you never heard of. Well, let me, let me read the... Uh, I didn't introduce you two properly. No. For those who might be newer <laughs> listeners, Victoria is here every other week because she is our Woodstock Roundtable Poet Laureate, which means we're going to get a poem later on, which is yes. always good. Mm. And then we always get her sassy remarks because whether we want them or not. <laughs> and Ron Van Warmer, uh, you may recognize and uh, as a great on-air programmer here on the weekends. Oh. Radio Woodstock. Well, thank you. And co-host and keeps control of Hal as best he can. <laughs> His Saturday morning show is great. I recommend it. Yes, it, it is. Yeah. Well, you know, when we're moving to our new building, mm-hmm. we're going to have all new equipment. Mm-hmm. And this board has some issues. <laughs> some? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it could be like 30, 40 years old. So, which, you in, know. which, when it comes to technology, is ancient history. Right. I was thinking that, because uh, I'm t- talking about this project, we're... Ron and I are launching, and Victoria will be consulting, uh, a virtual salon and intentional community on the web for right hemisphere creative thinkers. We'll tell you more about it, how you can join. Um, but I was thinking uh, of, of something I was going to talk about, and I realized it was, it was about 1988 is this right hemisphere experience I had, which is remarkable. Oh. And in, re- in thinking about the story, it started with a phone call I retrieved from, get ready for this, an answering machine. Oh. Which was the technology of the time. It was sure. great technology. Yeah. You could call in and get your messages. I was coming back from vacation, and I got to my desk, and, I, and the first message was one that set me off and started a right hemisphere. <laughs> but um, I realized, my God, there were no cell phones and that's not ancient history. No. You know, 30 years ago. It isn't. You no know, I have a young relative, and we were talking about how people used to get mugged in New York in the 70s and 80s. And she said, Joy to and, the and, world. But, well, is this a holiday spirit? It gets is this better. A Christmas no, story? It, it relates to yours. So then she said, Well, why would anyone mug you then if you didn't have cell phones? Because she didn't know about cash. So she thought the only reason someone would mug you, which is why they mug right. you now, is for your cell phone. Wow. So she couldn't understand what would be the point of mugging. Well, thank you. For, we, we, you <laughs> know, I, was, I was looking for a good mugging story for today, <laughs> and I couldn't come up with one, but that's why we count on you. Because <laughs> you know, when I think of the holiday spirit, I think of mugging stories. Yeah, and anyway, uh, the, uh, according to OED, uh, what's fascinating about this year, according to the editor the new words editor, excuse me. That would be a cool job. Yes. It's a woman named Fiona McPherson. Did you I like her name. Did either of you see the, there's a f- new film out about the guy who started the Oxford English Dictionary and how he... He's, is it Netflix? Uh, yeah, I saw yeah. that. I'm going to watch it's, that. It's, is yeah. it a new good. one? Because yeah. I saw one with Mel Gibson in it. About no, wait a minute. Mel Gibson? What, in the, in wait, the dictionary? It is Mel Gibson. It, it was good. Yes, it was good. And, and then uh, isn't it Ethan Hawke who plays the... The crazy American. Uh, it may well be. 
It's it's a brilliant movie. I it love was. it. I did too. The the dictionary was put together largely by a man who was in an insane asylum. Perfect. Yeah. Well, he was the researcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he didn't put it together in the sense that he was too crazy to function in the outside world. But the outside guy discovered this guy could look up words like nobody's business. Wow. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, now um, in the age of the World Wide Web, and of course this year the age of COVID, Fiona McPherson, who is the new words editor at Oxford English Dictionary, said in her more than 20 years there, um, she can't think of a... a, a an example where what's fascinating about this year is that so many of these words have gone from being words we had maybe heard of and might have even used occasionally, but now they've gone to basic information. Mm. Usually the new word of the year is a word, a, a, what do they call it, a neogism? Neolism. Neolism, thank you. Um, neogism sounds yeah, rather right. sounds a little I didn't want to comment on that one, Doug, yeah. but thanks Maybe, for pointing we'll, it out. We'll do a show on neogism another <laughs> day. But... <laughs> Joy to the so the uh, now I can't wait to see what's in my stocking. Um, the <laughs> nihilism cool. uh, is usually what the OED, a word that was literally made up mm-hmm. to describe something, a, a, a new trend or a, a new example, but uh, not this year. So I didn't do all twenty, but here are some that I picked. The, the first, and this is in alphabetical order. Okay, and then you go well, of course, but. These were not phrases before COVID. Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. Now, this I never heard of. Blur's Day? Blur's Did you hear day. that one? I think that's because no, everybody works at home, and they don't know what day it is. Oh, that makes sense. Correct. So there's Monday, so, Tuesday, So when are you Blur's coming by? Day. I don't know. Blur's Day. I mean, because what, di- right. what, what day is today? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. According to OED, the passage of time itself became seemingly unreliable this year. Well, let's, let's be honest. It's been always been unreliable. <laughs> we still have no... F- Look, you ever try reading about relativity? Really get into oh. it? I do. You know, the philosophy. You know, not, not the technical mathematical part, but just philosophically and psychologically what it means. My head explodes. Yeah. Yeah. At any rate, the passage of time became unreliable this year. Some days felt like a week while some months flew by in an instant. This quickly became a go-to Twitter meme... Mm. Now, meme is a word we love. Meme is a cultural <laughs> gene. So the most common memes are advertising slogans. Right. Um, that become not only part of our language, but part of the way we think consciously and unconsciously. Um, memes are interesting. They, they, uh, they literally influence us as much as our genes do. At any rate, this became a Twitter meme. Now, I'm not on Twitter. I think Twitter's cool. I like uh-huh. <laughs> I like reading about cool tweets. I just don't do it myself. Um, We're going to go for the virtual salon. Um, But at any rate, they felt that this year, for the first time since 2004, that the OED uh, would not just pick a new word of the year, but 20 words in print. Yeah. So, Blur's Day. Doom scrolling. Doom scrolling. I don't think I've heard I that I think one. that would be on your phone. You you would be <coughs> checking something all the time because doom is right there. <laughs> Close. How many people are uh, infected with COVID? Right. This, the, the media is, loves to keep us, you know, scared because right. it gets more eyeballs. The catch-all platform agnostic term for consuming bad news or information you know is detrimental to your mental <laughs> health and wellness, but you can't stop doing it like right. touching a bad tooth. 
Right. Well, scrolling is like that. Scrolling is a activity that you don't actually control. And, and you see that when you ride on the subway in New York. Everyone is scrolling on it all the time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I try and peek over and see what they're scrolling at, and it's often something quite foolish. It's often going to be doom scrolling. <laughs> but then there's an antonym. Ah. Joy, joy scrolling. Didn't make the top 20. Doom scrolling is more powerful. <laughs> but, yeah, joy scrolling, which I do occasionally if I'm looking for something bright and interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I take a page from our street philosopher, Patrick Carlin. I like reality scrolling, ah. which I define the following way is getting a really good insight without the intention of it being positive or negative at first. Hmm. You know, okay. I mean, we're human. We're going to react emotionally to information. We're supposed to. But. If you go in saying, I only want to look at things that are joyful or only things that are, you know, confirm my doomsday analysis, <laughs> it's not good for mental health. No. All right. But there's doom scrolling. Ah, flatten the curve. Ah, yes. Uh-huh. I mean, that was not an f- unknown phrase, uh-huh. uh, but it was never used frequently at all. And... Um, uh, well, that was because a particular curve became extremely significant. I mean, I think you could do all kinds of things where you have diagnostic uh, facts and flatten the curve, probably in checking on football games or something. But here it became the disease. Right. The disease was curving upward, and how do we flatten that curve? And once we flatten the curve, and think about the verb, because we got flattened in a lot of ways, uh, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, let's be honest, um, from this thing. And uh, we'll talk about antidotes a little bit later. So mail-in ballot. Uh. Now, mail-in <laughs> ballots were available before this year, but they were not a common phrase. Oh, do they become common? Yeah, I'd only done it once in my life, and it was because I was going to be traveling on the election day. Mm-hmm. So I did a mail-in ballot, you know, prior to going away so that I could still vote. But that, but not once in my life. Yeah, I hadn't done it prior to this, but you just didn't know what the situation would be on election day. Well, we, and everything well, was so uncertain that when you thought, well, what if I got sick or what if they closed down all the transportation, et cetera, et cetera. So it just made yeah. sense to me. And as had already been true for in recent past, in areas where certain people don't want other certain people to vote, uh-huh. they make it really difficult. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, That's you know, we've... people online for four hours to vote. And that's why and I longer. Think we had longer. such a large voter turnout because it became that people could people vote, could vote right. and people would vote which is if part they could. of the bigger trend of we were going this way anyway. COVID just accelerated it. Yeah. And that is going virtual. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. So mail and ballot. All right. Pod. Uh-huh. <laughs> pod. As Americans decided no thanks to a genuine, strict and enforced quarantine. We settled for limiting in-person socializing to a small group of friends and family. Deciding who's in and who's out and trusting those in your pod wasn't without drama. But as one health policy researcher uh, said, the ideal thing is that we just stay home forever and never see anybody. That's not sustainable. Yeah. Well, my pod is two, me and Hester. Yeah. yeah. That's our pod. And I and I have a pod with my guy. Right. But I think I called him my um, something else, you know, my isolation partner or something. <laughs> <laughs> Very romantic. Yeah. yeah. Tell the Oxford English Dictionary. <laughs> um, this one I did participate in because uh, one of my roles is as a real estate broker and our office was closed, you know, uh, most of the time, and still is virtually closed. So we would have virtual meetings mm-hmm. once a month, 
on Zoom, which is also one of the right. 20 neologisms of, uh, of the pandemic year, but a virtual happy hour. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. We would follow our meetings with a virtual happy hour, which led to a word which didn't make the top 20, but should, my favorite word, new word of the year, quarantini. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and they are delicious. They are delicious. Well, my theater group called it a virtual cocktail party, so I guess they're yeah. like old-fashioned. They wanted to yeah. call it a cocktail party as, yeah. cocktail instead of happy hour. very, very, <laughs> very 20th century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's see. That's it. They had others, but those are the ones I picked. Black Lives Matter, Blur's Day, Doom Scrolling, along with Joy Scrolling, Flatten the Curve, Mail-In Ballot, Pod, Virtual Happy Hour, and Zoom, all COVID-related. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I don't. I was a, an adult well past college when I first learned <laughs> that our bodies are primarily bacteria and viruses. Mm. <laughs> We don't think of ourselves that way. That's what we are. Yeah. I mean, to, to a great extent, not entirely. It'll gross you out if you get into it too much. <laughs> no, it's not gross until you, it really isn't because I, I, yeah, uh, hey. there are, without bacteria, we wouldn't be here. Exactly. But I don't want and to without, see them. Right, right. <laughs> and you, you don't. They're very no. tiny. Under you're a, not going to see them. I don't want to see it under a microscope and say, oh, look, that's in you. <laughs> no. But well, yes. they're down there right now, battling and I hanging know. out. And where's Walt Disney when we really other? need him? With some, <laughs> come on, they can make a movie with some cute viruses and bacteria. Yeah. You know, bacteria because well, um, COVID virus is beautiful. I mean, you, when you see that uh, animation of a COVID virus, yeah, it's, it's actually beautiful. quite 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 well dressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very very. Holidayish. Yes, I when they first started putting it up on TV, and I saw it looked like a bunch of red flowers. Yeah, exactly. It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> that's done. That doesn't look so nasty. But it is. <laughs> yes, it is. So, um, oh, so so Ron calls me usually around six a.m. to make sure I'm up and conscious. That's kind of the of show, him. which is kind of well, <laughs> just because I don't want to do the show alone. Part of the job description, <laughs> but. Um, and he mentioned something uh, that happened, and I said, my God, you've just identified a fabulous Christmas gift idea. Mm. Yeah. And um, uh, we could, you know, we, we could do the old game, uh, what's my, we could do the 20 questions. Remember that game, 20 questions? Oh, yeah. Did you see what he held up before? I want him to hide it from you. He held no. up something. Oh, good. Okay. Right. So we're going to play a quick 20 questions. Oh, God. <laughs> you get to ask me a question that has a yes or no answer. Uh-huh. To narrow down. Do we have the animal, vegetable, or mineral category? Whatever you want. Well, that's how you usually start, by saying that your thing is in one of those but categories. But you can't say, is it, because that's not a yes or no answer. No, no. You have to say that you're in one of those categories, so I'm not all over the board. I can remove. You can ask whatever question you want, I will, but it, it can only be a yes or no answer. Okay. And you get, by the 20th, no, you have to guess what Ron mentioned this morning, not as a gift, but as something that became very valuable it was a gift that i said my god what a great christmas gift yeah so go ahead victoria ask some questions it's a it's a, it's a um yeah well you, you is it a great gift because it would forward your career in radio no it keeps you in <laughs> <laughs> that's misleading yes it is uh, your honor that but, was misleading no is it um 
something that one could eat or consume in some other way? No. Mm. Okay. Uh, is it something to do with any kind of um, computer-type device? No. Mm. Wow. Uh, so you can't consume it. Um, is it going to make you smarter? No. Not, no. no. Could one apply, um, let's see, uh, relatively relativity theory to it? No. <laughs> You're getting much too esoteric. I know. I'm, I'm nowhere near this. So here, I'll detail. I'm going to give our phone number. I usually don't do this. <clears throat> 679-9378, right? Yeah. No, it's WDST. Not, uh, 845-679-9378. If we can get a couple players to ask questions. Yeah, because... And narrow down the object Ron discussed with me this morning on the phone. Uh-huh. There's a clue. Okay. Uh, and when he told me about it, I said, that would make a fabulous Christmas gift. Okay, so it's an object. You didn't tell me that before. Because you have to <laughs> ask the questions. <laughs> I was asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> Please, somebody call I will help. I will help you. In fact, if Frank and Andrea are listening, would you, <laughs> would you call when? up Frank? Because I want to give you something after the show. All right, don't give no personal calls. Um, the... Um, I'll give you a clue because on the game, What's My Line, which is sort of like 20 uh -huh. questions, one of the famous questions asked, is it bigger than a bread box? Right. Okay. Right. And it's not. Oh, phew. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God, I've got to keep asking questions. Mm -hmm. is, it, is it made of metal? Yes. And we, we got And. Yeah. Okay, we got three people on the line. Good morning. Good. Who's this? Hello? This is Sharon, and I had a new word for this season. It was... <laughs> Quarantoking. Quarantoking <laughs> is wow, that goes one. well with quarantinis. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. We've been having parties with that. Yes, you never <laughs> know. We were in Woodstock. You know, I agree with you hundred percent. You want you want to you want to join our twenty questions? I've been listening. I haven't been able to come up with anything. I just got up. All right. <laughs> well, thanks for getting up. Okay. We appreciate it. Enjoy your quarantoking. toking. <laughs> I do. Okay. Yeah, I do. Six seven nine nine three seven eight, um, and uh, ask away. Okay, so it's metal. Does it emanate any sounds as it's working? Yes. Yes. Phew. Okay, metal and it emanates sounds. Oi. Does it uh, do, among the sounds? Uh, does it do anything with music? No. No. Okay. Unless you whistle while you work. Oh. Now I'm going to give you a clue. Yeah. So you're struggling. I am. I would too. <laughs> you're naturally, your brain is naturally going, since I said gift, you're naturally going to things that are joyous and fun, uh -huh. kind of opening up and go, what? This is practical. Okay. Does it have to do with exercise? No. No. I'm up to about nine now, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not counting on a strict <laughs> basis. Oh, thank you. Well, where are those other calls? Nobody wants to play. Come on, eight four five six seven nine nine three seven eight. We're trying to figure out what Ron discussed, and he didn't bring it up as a gift. It's, he he it's brought smaller, it up in conversation. Yeah, it's smaller than a bread box. It's mm -hmm. metal. It makes a sound mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like a vacuum cleaner or something. What? No, no. No. Okay. That's bigger than a bread box basket. Oh, that's true. I thought maybe he had a miniature one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do anything to get a point in this yeah. game. 
Oh, my God. Um, you have to give me a hint. I've already given you three, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> see, uh, you got to go more to the left hemisphere than the right. This is not about, the, the answer is not necessarily creative. Right. Although the product is extremely creative. But, and Ron didn't bring it up as a gift idea. He happened to mention something that happened. Uh-huh. And it involved this object. Right. And when he told me about it this morning, I said, wow, what a great Christmas gift for somebody. Because people actually can Need use this. it uh, and really save the day. Mm. And it wow. certainly did because it was cold oh, outside. Oh, 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 oh. So then it has something to do with a car. Mm-hmm. Ah. Well, think about it. If Ron is calling me at six in the morning to make sure I'm up. Right. He's here at the studio already setting things up. So what would we might we be discussing other than we weren't socially talking? It's it's just quickly. Are you up? Yes, I am. Here's I, I like to tell him a half hour before the show what we're going to be doing because we're well prepared. <laughs> I love it. If he knows. And the conversation, <laughs> our con- usually lasts about 20 seconds. He tells me what the weather is and I hang up. But he happened to mention something. Is this something like you can spray it on your windows and they don't get frozen? You're getting very close. Mm. You're getting very warm, which is kind of contradictory since you're talking about the fact that it's freezing outside. So it's something to do with the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just came very close. So think about what you just said. Here we go. We got all the lines lit up. People okay. are getting frustrated. Yeah. With your in, with my the, inability. People are getting to impatient. Yes. Okay. Good go morning. Ahead. Who's this? Well, this is Myrna. Hi, Myrna. How are you? I'm well, thank you. You want to ask another question? For yes or no answer? Uh, no, I want to suggest that it's heated car seats. That would be a great Christmas present. So it's a great guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, good guess though. I think actually, I should get that. Yeah, because I have an older car that doesn't have the automatic, ah, you know, the new ones come right. with the heated seats. And I love they're that. very nice. They <laughs> really are. Another person on the line. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, this is Sam. Hi, Sam. How you doing? Good, good. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you calling from? We're calling from Poughkeepsie. We listen to you guys every Sunday. Poughkeepsie, we appreciate it. Um, uh, you have a question or you want to take a guess at what the item was? I'd like to take a guess. Okay. Is it a remote car starter? Another great guess. Uh, I'd love to have one of those. <laughs> Another great guess. But, you know, it's definitely car related. Victoria came the closest with her last question, but I think she's already forgotten it. No, it was some kind of spray to put on the window. Ah. But so Good morning. Sp- Who's this? This is Deanne. Hello, Deanne. Where are you calling from? <laughs> Lake Hill. Good old Lake Hill, a uh, part of the town of Woodstock. It's a hamlet in the town of Woodstock, but it has its own postal code. And um, uh, tell do you want to take a guess at what it is, or you want to ask another question with a yes or no answer? I'm guessing it might be an ice, a, a de-icer for the lock of a car. Another mm. great guess, and very similar to what yes. Victoria was saying. Uh, it's in that camp. I mean, we're in the right camp. So is it something <clears throat> to do with the tires? Yes. Mm, yes. So it's something where you can hold it up to the tire and blow the tire up if it gets uh, You got it. Give yeah. her you you win the furniture. <clears throat> Man, that was difficult. Yes. And thank you to the three ladies that called in. Hold it up there, Ron. 
because I got a flat tire coming to work this morning. <clears throat> and you had that in your car? Of course. Of course. I, I had two of them. And this is another, this is the, uh, the spare. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> now, so I got to get that because I used to know how to change a tire with, you know, get, get the old yeah axle out whatever and i i wouldn't even come close to doing it. i would call triple a uh the last time i did uh, get a flat tire i called triple a because i couldn't get the lug nut off right you know and it wouldn't move so, yeah. so i had to call triple a read what this is for since we're so, touting it as a great christmas this gift. is um tire leak stopper <laughs> and inflator <laughs> and it's a can. And what do you spray it into? Because I'd get down next to the tire and I wouldn't know what to do with it. Uh, it's got a little uh, nozzle, nozzle thing that hooks uh-huh. where you put the air in the tire okay. and you screw it on. Okay. You press the button uh-huh. and it inflates the tire and it has some stuff in it that to gets swirled around that way? seals the leak. Right. Good. Brilliant. Yeah. And then, of course, you have to go to your uh, mechanic yes. and get a new tire. Now, since we but talked it about gets you there, <laughs> tire inflator. That's since we also called? talked about quarantinis. And <coughs> Quarren toking. toking. <laughs> did you ever? Did you, if you inhale a little bit, do you get no, an eye on? That, that's not a good idea. I, I, no? Listeners, no, beware. I, I beware were, of these dudes. I thought you were experimental. I am, but I don't. You know, hey. snort weird, poisonous, <laughs> toxic things. Good choice. <laughs> Thank you. Good choice. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure if you go to a hardware store, whatever brand, you know, yeah. I don't know. I you could look at Consumer Reports, which is the best tire leak stopper. Yeah. But what a brilliant well, idea! People are going to be very happy if discussed <clears throat> this, Doug, because there's now going to be a run on all the local right. hardware well, you know, stores. I haven't had a flat tire for years, so people don't think about it. But then the last I don't time either. I did get one, <clears throat> I put a couple right. of these in my car, and they've been there. For <clears throat> and a couple of course, of now years. that we're talking about it, probably there'll be 800 among our listeners <laughs> in the next. <laughs> 18 hours but the fact is I, I kept realizing you know okay if i get a flat tire i call triple a it mm-hmm. might take a while but they'll come and if it happens on my way here to the studio i'll do the phone on my i'll do the show on my cell phone right which i've done before and no big deal but no i'm gonna get myself yeah. a present you a tire know. leak stopper inflator yeah. yeah well you could ask santa for it i could <laughs> yeah well even if you get like if you drove over a nail or something this would this would keep it up long enough to get to your uh-huh. mechanic. Yeah, great. All right. So with that, so we're there you come go. back in the next half, uh, <laughs> the next segment. Uh, I wanted to find something on the web which connects <clears throat> the the spiritual side of the Jesus Christmas story <clears throat> with connecting it to um, the Buddha story, the Tao, and Zen. And I found something very interesting. I sent it to both of you for a little homework. Uh, we'll let uh, Victoria, our poet laureate, start. and uh, Because I think it gives us some good insights into what this season really is. The winter solstice, Christmas, etc. Um, <clears throat> I will talk about the new project, our new virtual salon that we're kicking off on January 13th. We will be checking in with our favorite street philosopher, Patrick Carlin, for a little holiday cheer, as well as the Sultan of Sonic Soul, Gus Mancini, and our special guest at 8.30, as he is every year, he and his partner, Miss Marie, Professor Louie and Miss Marie from Professor Louie and the Chromatics. Uh, plus, I, we're going to be opening up our Woodstock Roundtable holiday jukebox, and I promise, I promise, <clears throat> at least one, Probably two of the songs we Christmas songs, holiday songs we play, you've never heard before. Wow. Okay. Never heard them before. All right. That's that's my claim. <laughs> yes, right. If you hang out with us here at the Woodstock Round Table. 
Oh, Hanukkah, oh, Hanukkah, come light the menorah. Let's have a party while all that's the horror. Gather round the table, we'll give you a treat. A simply fun to play with and luckiest to eat. And while we are playing, the candles are burning low. One for each night they shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. One for each night they shed as we like to remind us of days long ago. sponsors we only take sponsors that reflect the philosophy and values of the show uh, and that is uh, certainly true of Kravitz and Son roofing practical just like a great gift would be the inf- you know the, 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 the tire sealer for a flat tire uh, this is on a bigger scale like when you have a leak not in your tire but on your roof uh, in the winter, that's, that's not fun any time of year, but in the winter, it's no fun. Fortunately, Kravitz & Son Roofing been doing this for about 50 years. <clears throat> Family-run business out of Hudson, New York. They service the entire Hudson Valley. They specialize in the highest quality residential and commercial roofs. No roof too small or too large. They've done them all. Check out their testimonials on their uh, website page. And uh, whether you need new shingles repaired or a totally new roof, uh, these are the folks to call, Kravitz and Son Roofing. They were the ones that did the new roof for our new home mm. at the church on Route 28, which already are the offices of Radio Woodstock, and in a few months will be our studio. So uh, you can give them a call, or better yet, check out their website, kravitzandsonroofing.com, 518-567-4026. When it comes to our health, uh, keeping our gums and teeth healthy, not only important for obvious reasons, but they're connected directly to our immune systems. And, you know, one of our big beefs here at the Woodstock Roundtable with mainstream media is they scream headlines of, you know, can't flatten the curve and spike in virus, which is, okay, that's real news. But so is the fact that the smartest thing we can do is keep our immune system strong. For it will be a detailed talk about an aspect of the right hemisphere, followed by questions and comments. And we're going to take the proceeds and create, we're starting now, creating a website, which will be an intentional community for right hemisphere creative thinkers. So if you're interested, um, go to vipwebinars.org, mm-hmm. vipwebinars.org. Uh, you'll see a tab. Click on Webinars English, and one will come up that says New. Click on that, and we'll have all the information as to how to sign up. It's $12 a month. You pay per month. Um, they have the technology down. 
Uh, we're going to be doing our dress rehearsals, Ron and I, mm-hmm. to get ready for the 13th kickoff. We're putting together the website, and we look forward to having a lot of our radio listeners there. Um, among the topics uh, over the months will be the three shifts in consciousness, defining the 21st century, the hidden language of your dreams, why the right hemisphere loves <laughs> jokes, how Einstein chased a light beam in his imagination to discover relativity, why astronaut Bowman had to unplug Hal before entering the Stargate, <laughs> directing the brain to strengthen our psychological and physical immune system. I'll be talking specifically about the work of Dr. John Sarno, who is a genius. Um, spiritual master J. Krishnamurti, Truth is a Pathless Land, Marshall McLuhan, The Future of Humanity in the Electric Digital Age, and Tuning into Alpha Waves, a Mental Oasis in a Noisy, Divided World. Just some of the topics we'll be getting into in depth. You can go again to VIPWebinars.org, click on Webinars English and New. You can also email me about any of this, which is Doug at WoodstockGroundTable.com. If you need help with it, look forward to it. Good way to kick off the new year, because think about it. Winter, and we're going into this winter solstice, which really should be a celebration. And while we celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and New Year's, we forget that underneath all the religious and spiritual holidays is an astronomical one, which is the winter solstice Mm -hmm. coming up tomorrow tomorrow. morning. I think it's at 5 a.m. It's it's only one moment that the thing is exactly at the lowest point, but we tend to celebrate the whole day. Right. But it's literally like shortest day of the minute. year. And the good this news year, is this year the year the two planets are going correct. to align. Is Jupiter yes, and Saturn yeah. tomorrow right. will be the closest they've been in 800 years. <laughs> and the, you should be able to catch it on the horizon. I saw it uh, the other, uh, the best time is at dusk. Right. You have to be outside of city lights um, and town lights. And I had a meeting regarding this project. And um, coming out of Woodstock, um, I saw them up in the sky. They, the way you identify them is they're the brightest objects in the sky that are not twinkling other than right. the moon. Right. And they're the two largest, from an astronomical point of view, it's exciting because they're the two largest by far planets in our solar system. And it's so funny about relativity. From the standpoint of the human eye, they will be less than a quarter of the diameter of the moon apart. In reality, they're going to be millions of miles <laughs> apart from each other. But yet, this is the closest they will get in 800 years. From an astrological standpoint, it's interesting because Jupiter is the represents expansion and new thinking. <clears throat> Jup- uh, Saturn represents structure and older thinking. Well, these two are being conjoined. So when you look in the sky, do you see two separate planets or they does might it look, look like, like one? They, it might look really like they blended. I, I, what I, I, that gate. What I saw yeah. was one object that had two clear parts to it, okay. if, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah. Sort of humping each other. They're kind of humping each other. <laughs> yeah, they are. What can I say? Well, that's better than mugging. <laughs> it's better than mugging. <laughs> I thought that was a sweet story that someone would actually think the only thing you got get mugged for would be your cell phone. Yeah, yeah that's true. And, <laughs> and what are the only thing you get humped for? Yeah. <laughs> Many things. But, you know, Saturn, it's interesting because you've got this astrological um, or, uh, yeah, astrological view of Saturn is very rigid. But the Saturnalia, which was a Roman festival mm-hmm. at this time of year, somewhere <clears> between <throat> the 17th and the 23rd of December, that was a time of 
uh, merrymaking and merrymaking out of control to the point of view that some people thought Saturnalia was uh, a, an orgy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, and I think that Woodstock has always seen <laughs> the winter like, solstice sort of that like way. Humping. Yes, you go up into the woods and you light <laughs> fires and you put animal ha- antlers on your head and you drink things and you toke things. Oh, in other words, it's like Tuesday. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's a combination Tuesday. of or blurs day, day <laughs> and and um, quorum toking. Yeah. Um, but tomorrow night would be the night to do that to to go out and put a, do a bonfire. So that the Romans and probably one of the reasons that Christmas got put put in the winter because there's more belief actually from a biblical study point of view that that if such a person was born it was in the summer um but they put it in the winter because you already had things like saturnalia and other right. pagan festivals you to also had a winter. you had a star the Beth, the star of bethlehem may they say may have been the conjunction of jupiter and saturn oh. uh but um there's a lot we don't know but uh i was looking for a way to connect um uh Jesus, who, boy, he needs better marketers because he's been he's been misused so much. He's he's the Prince of Peace. Mm. The only time he got violent, according to the story, is to overturn the tables of the money changers who were corrupting right. the temple with money. Good for him. Um, well, of course, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, "You know, the meek shall inherit the earth." <laughs> and you're like, "What? The who? The meek?" And in Monty Python's um, uh, story of whatever it was, um, Brian, uh, <laughs> this, the, the Monty Python is, the meek, what, what's he saying? The meek should earth. They do a whole thing on that. And then because, the cheesemakers. Right. And then the cheesemakers. What did he say? The peacemakers. Oh, the cheesemakers <laughs> right. will inherit the earth. There's a lot of misinterpretation. <laughs> that is a great exactly. film. Including the fact that um, if we were, we, we've, the reason we've never truly been a Christian nation is because a a nation following the precepts of Jesus would never go to war. Right. And yet, how many wars have been fought in the name of Jesus? And exactly. Bruce Chilton, <laughs> one of the best Jesus scholars on the planet, who happens to teach at Bard College across the river and has been a guest on this show many times and wrote a great book called Rabbi Jesus, Um I mean, how serious is Bruce Chilton as a scholar? He learned Aramaic because in the time of Jesus, most Jews, which Jesus was, did not speak Hebrew. Mm. They spoke Aramaic. And Bruce learned Aramaic so he could read those ancient texts. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, but the story is about birth and and then tied to it, resurrection. And so I wanted to try to find... Someone who wrote how this this um, archetype of of being born, dying, and being resurrected connects to Buddhism, Zen, and Taoism, the great Asian philosophies. And no surprise, who do I come up with is Alan Watts. And a letter he wrote, I don't have a date. But 1950. Alan, 50? Yeah. Alan was an ordained minister. Up. Yeah, Episcopalian. Episcopalian. And he uh, then went famously to Japan to live in Zen monasteries to really learn Zen. And he felt there was a connection among all the great religions. But he ended up resigning from the Episcopal Church, not out of anger, 
but out of, he said, moral responsibility. And he wrote, and he was a brilliant writer, a letter of resignation to the Episcopal Church. It's rather lengthy. Mm. It's rather brilliant. And it's not a dig on the Episcopal Church. This is a dig on any religion, spiritual discipline, or any system that seeks to win people over by persuading them or threatening them. Mm. Which he felt the church was doing. And he said, "That's you can't get the spiritual well, truth that that's way. That's what hell is all about. <laughs> so I... Uh, let me first get your take on it, Victoria, and then I'll pick some of the uh, a few excerpts uh, for a quick discussion here. Well, I was really interested in it. I could see him moving towards Buddhism at that point because he'd been a priest for five years. So he came to the priesthood in 45. He got the degree, and he was a priest for five years. And then I think he, you know, he kept thinking about what he had to preach as a member of that faith, and it just didn't add up for him. And I could see him moving towards independence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the Buddha says, if, if you meet me on the road, kill me, or something like that, mm-hmm. if you meet the Buddha. Like, it's anti-authoritarianism. That's what I really felt strongly about reading his thing, is that any kind of authority, any kind of human authority, is likely to be misguided and is likely to move into power and control. And as Bruce Chilton teaches us in his book, Rabbi Jesus, Jesus had a very strong following. And when the Romans were starting to, <clears throat> you know, do nasty stuff uh, to the temples in um, <clears throat> Galilee and Jerusalem and places, um, according to Bruce, who knows a lot more than we do, Jesus could have put up a good battle against the Romans. Um, he had a very strong following. He felt that would be immoral. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as he hated what the Romans were doing, um, Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah, he, he he did not feel fighting was the answer. And here's a, a part of the excerpt from Alan Watts' letter of resignation: You cannot imitate faith. And when forms of belief, like all other finite things, begin to die, the effort to revive them is imitation. It doesn't ring true. The forms perish not only because they are mortal but because the spirit within them is breaking them as a bird breaks from its shell. What a brilliant mm. metaphor. Yeah. Because religious authority, like political authority, like any psychological authority, um, is when, when people rebel, they go, this is Radical. This is dangerous. But really, it's the bird breaking through the shell. It's the way you're born. The, word, the, the bird is born by pecking through that mm. shell instinctively. Mm-hmm. What is that shell? It's a protective covering. Without the shell, there's no birth. But if the shell isn't broken through, one can't be born. Mm. It's a brilliant metaphor. The forms perish. You see, that's that's what he understood the church didn't get, either didn't get or or didn't care, which is it's not about the form of worship. Right. It's about the spirit within. And the spirit, according to Alan, is ineffable, undestroyable. The forms die out. And he, the, his problem with the church is not that there weren't truths in the Bible, but that 
teaching according to an ancient text doesn't work. People, that's not the way people communicate. The form has to die. The spirit doesn't. So he believed very strongly in the spiritual truths of Jesus and the Bible. He didn't believe in the forms because he felt the, he understood the forms die. They're not meant to be permanent. Just like the egg is not the permanent home or else the bird never is born. So the church and the temple, any religion, any political system, any psychological system, which seeks to hold the flock in check by persuasion or threat, is the shell that doesn't want to be broken through. Whereas what Watts is saying is 100% correct. What a great, like in Zen, right, when it's done right, the teacher looks for the student to surpass him or her. Mm. Right. Not to live under his or her authority, to break through the shells. So I thought it was a brilliant line. And then he says something which is obviously relevant to the time we're living in right now. We are living in a time of disintegration, which the Hindus call Kali Yuga. So I looked up Kali Yuga because on the <laughs> winter, on the World Wide Web, what would have taken me maybe you know wait for the library to open, I could do in seconds. Kali Yuga is um, the age in which a truly materialist life becomes possible, but for the same reason, the age begin, brings in the age of quarrels and conflict. For the downward tendency of solidification is the outward tendency away from spirit towards materialism. Mm. Okay? Like the times we live in. Now, materialism is the reason COVID-19 spawned. It's the reason climate change is literally eating away at the air that we need to breathe. So this is quite timely. Um, and greed is the god of materialism. Yes. So we are living in a time of disintegration with the Hindus called Kali Yuga. It hurts and frightens us, this disintegration. But it's not evil. It's a universal passion in which... It's, it, it's, a, it's a prelude to a resurrection because spiritual growth depends upon ceasing to cling to any form of life for security. Forms are not contrary to spirit, but it is their nature to die. So in other words, he's distinguished, making the important distinction between spirit and material the or other, spirit and form. Yeah. The forms are not inherently a problem. We need them. If we didn't have forms, we would be we wouldn't have societies. We have to organize under certain formats. But we have to understand the forms have to die. And those forms include feudalism and, as they we're now looking, perhaps capitalism. Not because they're inherently evil, but because, like all forms, they disintegrate and they, they die off. Die or they have to evolve. Or evolve. I mean, one mm -hmm. of the interesting things with Christianity, if you study it from the early period of, you know, 100 years or so after Christ, is that the church that evolved came up with all kinds of rituals and things that are not in the Bible mm -hmm. and all kinds of laws. Celibacy is not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of things became very important to them. The whole... Um, Virgin birth thing, really, uh, they got into Virgin Mary about a thousand years in because they needed a female figure. They had no female deity type, and all mm -hmm. the religions do. 
So so they came up with, well, let's make Mary into you and know, again, something special. What, I think what, what, what uh, Alan would, Watts would say is, okay, in and of itself, those forms are not evil unless they're clung to. But I'm thinking also of almost <clears throat> the Constitution now. The Constitution was written, what, in the late 18th mm-hmm. century. Some of the things in it had to change in this country because which it's is why we have amendments later. It's right. why we have amendments. But you also get <clears> this whole thing with the Supreme Court. You know, are you a, a literalist or you know? It's like some of these things. We had slavery. You know, like, and, and, and we I had said, to move away from that. As I've said, the the Constitution is not written in stone like the Ten Commandments. It's a paper <laughs> that can change and, and evolve to. and it, should. It would have to, yeah. I mean, it was a brilliant document at its time, and in many ways it's still a brilliant document. But, but it, it couldn't but, take <clears throat> into account the 19th and 20th and 21st centuries. Exactly. And the form of, and it, going to your political argument, one of the arguments in defense of Thomas Jefferson, who is not only one of our most important founding fathers, one of the most brilliant Renaissance men of all time, he owned slaves. <clears throat> right. Now, from the standpoint of where we sit now, that was immoral and contradictory to him writing all men are created equal. But the, in the, as someone pointed out, if he had freed his slaves, right? Mm-hmm. And we're not saying it wasn't immoral. It was immoral from our standpoint. But in his day, if he freed his slaves, they would have had almost no chance to survive. There was nothing. There was no setup for an ex-slave to become a citizen. So <clears throat> it took us longer than it should have to get rid of that. But the f- to go to Watts's point, forms have to die off. Because we resist that, we don't allow them to die off as fast as they should. Slavery should have died off a lot sooner than it did. Right. Well, the other thing is that, <clears throat> that churches and most in- institutions get very into celebrating not <clears throat> changing. Right. This is our unchanging belief. Well, right. <laughs> that's not so good. That's, uh, that's why I say I could really feel the Buddhist coming in him because Buddhism knows we're changing every minute. You know, Buddhism figured out, you know, you can't As did around the same time as the Buddha, Heraclitus, a right. Greek philosopher who can't said, step into the same can't step into the twice. same river twice. Yeah. So this is called the, why it's called the Axial Age, because somehow, somehow, before not only a World Wide Web, before telephones, before <clears throat> written language, really, um, during the Axial Age, let's call it 5th, 4th century B.C., you had wise insights from the Middle East, from Greece, <clears throat> from China, from India, people who could not have been communicating. And yet the golden rule, this idea of <clears throat> uh, uh, everything is constant, but ch- uh, the only thing constant is change, sp- started spreading slowly among you know people. So... Now we have a world wide web and both the best and wisest information and the worst <laughs> craziest are fair game. It's our job. That's not the problem. The problem is we need to take the time to make these distinctions, you know, uh, but I'll take I'll take that choice because we have the, the Library of Alexandria at our fingertips. We also have a lot of trolls and lunatics and bad people spreading viral information i'll take i'll take that environment because at least we have access to the best it's our job to find it amongst the noise Mm. with that speaking of clarity amongst the noise who better than to check in 
for a holiday ho-ho-ho with our favorite street philosopher, Patrick Carlin. Patrick. Hey, man, I'm feeling Christmassy and all, and then you come on just now with the Alan Watts guys and stuff. I got to tell you, it took me off my train of thought. I was thinking how cool the Jews and the Irish all get together in New York when you played that Jewish tune. They had a thing back when I was, you know, dancing with chicks I hadn't married yet or whatever. They had a tune called Zena, Zena, Zena. Yeah, I remember. And it became a hit, man. And we would dance to it and everything. So I punched it up, and what do I get? But I get Pete Seeger. Mm. Ah. And he's got a he's got a crowd of people with him. And I got to tell you, man, it was beautiful rapport. And I don't know how he did it. It was magic. It's the most crisp clap that I ever heard in any song. And I'm a music freak. So if you want to hear this, you got to do it yourself. Excuse me, we're going to do it right now. It's the age of the Internet. uh, Patrick! 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 out, man. Patrick. I'm so happy, Ron, that you included our friends the Jews in there. Since Jesus was a Jew, and a lot of the Christians got to lay back and get into that. Uh, it was real good, the Irish and the Jews and all like that and the in New York, because uh, it was just a wonderful place to grow up and find out about everybody. Patrick. So uh, let me tell you this. Also, Patrick. Uh, Patrick. I couldn't help but Victoria <laughs> hit on mugging. And listen, you got to pick your person when you're mugging. And back in the olden days, uh, we mugged people. I mean, people mugged people for uh, uh, to take their wallet or their their watch or something, you know. And it was a common thing. It was like strong arm stuff. You go to the park after dark, uh, you know, you're a target, man. So anyway... Here, you're, there are times when you're not a target, or you shouldn't be. They had three dudes on the subway who decided to mug someone, and the guy they picked was about six foot two, and he was a redheaded guy, and he was wearing a white suit in the subway, okay, and he was drinking from a can of beer. Now, why would you want to go mug a guy like that? <laughs> uh, long story short, two of the guys went to uh, emergency room. And they couldn't find the third guy. So if you're out doing muggins and stuff, you know, pick your trip. But I recommend don't be doing that to one another. Nice tip. You want money? Christmas you want tip. money? Go out and uh, get a saxophone like Gus, man. That's I love it. I love music. And I want to tell you some more about music, man. They had uh, an Irish song, Christmas in Killarney, mm. Dennis Day and the Mellow Men. Now, I wonder what they were mellow behind. But this thing was in the Moylan jukebox, and it was in there year-round. It was in so long that the slip of paper was on turned yellow. Turned yellow. But it's a fun, light-hearted song, so I also recommend that. And you got me into music with, uh, with the uh, thing of uh, uh, Alan Watt and all that uh, heavy stuff and made me think of, uh, I think musically, of Procol Harum on Strong as Samson from their Exotic Birds and Fruit album, a beautiful painting for an album cover. And uh, their opening line is, Psychiatrists and lawyers destroying mankind, bankers and brokers. And that's just a great tune, man. So uh, I don't believe in anything. (laughs) Well, I do believe that we're all stardust. We're all part of the universe. And if you want to talk about rebirth and everything, that's what happens when you croak. 
You either go into the water, into the uh, ground, or up in smoke. And whatever it is, you get regenerated. And when we do the black hole thing, when Andromeda and the Milky Way get together and we get a huge black hole going, then it's going to spit out all these other things, and you're going to have stars. Let me tell you something, you guys, because I'm going to I'm going to pimp my brother's record here. Coast to coast, coast to coast emergency is called by George Carlin, and I got to tell you something. It winds up in the most beautiful, eloquent rebirth that you could ever ask for. All right. Thank you, Patrick Carlin, for turning us hey, on. Was to, I, that's was the I Weavers. Did you hear what I said about my brother? Yes, and we have to go. But that listen, as usual, uh, we always need a hit of Patrick Carlin. Thanks for turning us on. That, that was uh, Pete Seeger and the Weavers doing Zayna Zayna. What a cool Oh, you got to get spirit. a Pete Seeger and the crowd that he's talking to. We will do that. Patrick, best to you and your family. And Healthy listen, and George happy. And on Coast to Coast thing because everybody's Uncle Dave. And you'll get it when you hear this thing that he says. It's brilliant. And I'm wishing everybody's Uncle Dave a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you, Patrick. Have a good one. We're going to take our second break. On the other side, we get poetry from Miss Victoria. We get jazz from the Sultan of Sonic Soul. We'll check in with one of our favorite musicians in the world. Uh, They are Professor Louie and Miss Marie from Professor Louie and the Chromatics. They've sent in a couple songs. And uh, we're going to open up the Woodstock Roundtable Jukebox and play you at least one Christmas song you never heard before. I'm thinking probably two, because Ron didn't hear them. If he did never heard them, you probably didn't either. We'll be right back. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's the time of the year when all good dreams come true. Magic 